0: When I left the clinic and became chief of obstetrical services at St. Luke's Hospital, I had for the first time in years a little time and space to think. I'm sure it was no coincidence, the hand of God was present, that at that very same time we began moving a marvelous new technology into the hospital. It was ultrasound, which for the first time threw open a window into the womb. We also began to observe the fetal heart on electronic fetal heart monitors. For the first time, I began to think about what we really had been doing at the clinic. Ultrasound opened up a new world. For the first time, we could really see the human fetus, measure it, observe it, watch it, and indeed bond with it and love it. I began to do that. Ultrasound pictures of the fetus have an incredibly strong impact on the viewer. A study in the New England Journal of Medicine provided evidence of how potent this technology is. About ten years ago, an article in the journal reported that when ten pregnant women came to an abortion clinic and were shown ultrasound pictures of the fetus before the abortion, only one went through with the abortion. Nine left the clinic pregnant. That is how powerful the bonding is. I found myself bonding with the unborn. While I continued to do abortions for what seemed to me to be medically justified reasons, I no longer felt certain that abortion on demand was right. In 1974, I sat down and wrote an article for the New England Journal of Medicine. It was not a pro-life article, but in it I articulated my growing doubts and fears about what I had been doing. I made the flat statement that I had presided over 60,000 deaths, and I said that the fetus is life i said that it's a special order of life but it's life and we have to be reverent in the presence of any kind of life in that article i obliquely asked many questions about why physicians sworn to uphold life performed abortions i asked questions but provided few if any answers i set forth the following propositions There is no longer serious doubt in my mind that human life exists within the womb from the very onset of pregnancy, despite the fact that the nature of intrauterine life has been the subject of considerable dispute in the past. This is a statement that now, twenty years later, must be amended because of the new information we have about genetics and assisted reproductive technology, in vitro fertilization and its specific spawns. If I were writing today, I'd have to assert that human life begins even earlier with the complex process of fertilization, a miracle in chemistry, physics, and molecular biology occurring within the fallopian tube. By the time the fertilized egg dividing and beginning to organize itself enters the womb, life has been in action for at least three days. But I'm getting ahead of myself. In that same 1974 article, I also wrote, Life is an interdependent phenomenon for all of us. It is a continuous spectrum which begins in utero and ends in death. The bands of the spectrum are designated by words such as fetus, infant, child, adolescent, and adult. We must courageously face the fact, finally, that human life of a special order is being taken in the process of abortion, and since the vast majority of pregnancies are carried successfully to term, abortion must seem as the interruption of a process which would otherwise have produced a citizen of the world denial of this reality is the crassest kind of moral evasiveness. These were fairly modest assertions, hardly a wild-eyed pro-lifer on the loose here, but they released an incredible store of emotion. The response to that article, I am told by the New England Journal of Medicine, was the largest they have ever gotten, even up until today. They were deluged by mail, and of course they didn't bother with the letters, they sent them all to me. The postman delivered huge sacks of mail. These letters were not fan letters. They were coming from physicians who had excoriated me for being an abortionist four years earlier, but now, as the abortion pie had grown and they were pulling in the money right and left, they had changed their minds. I was overwhelmed by the vituperation, the threats, and the phone calls. Threats were made against my life and my family. I thought to myself, well, I have really hit a nerve. I've got to check this out. I continued to do abortions through 1976. I was doing abortions and delivering babies, but increasingly I found the moral tensions building and becoming intolerable. On one floor of the hospital we would be delivering babies and on another floor doing abortions. Because Roe v. Wade didn't set any restrictions, we could do abortions into the ninth month before the first labor pain.